Hey guys, welcome to another episode of In the Pink Room. We are your co-hosts. This is Jessica Rojo, and here's my girl. Hey, it's Laura Valtiera. How are you doing tonight? Hey girl, hey doing girl. good. <laughs> okay, so let's dive right in. Tonight we are going to talk about the concept of how to romanticize your life. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. So when is the first time that you recall hearing about this concept of living? Uh, probably you. <laughs> you heard about it. That makes sense. You heard about it for me. In the last couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. And are you excited to talk about this? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Has, do you do you practice romanticizing your life in a da- on a day-to-day basis? I think so. Uh, I think it might be labeled something a little different for everybody, mm-hmm. which, you know, we'll get into later and in, in how we interpret it ourselves. But yeah, I yeah. try to more so now than ever before. Yeah, I'd for say sure. For, for sure. For sure. So the first time I'd like to share that I heard about the concept of romanticizing my life was actually in 2021. And I was going to therapy. Mm-hmm. And my therapist said at some point, we were talking about Um, just some, you know, struggles I was going through and like having a hard time finding the joy in my day-to-day life. And I remember her saying, you need to focus on romanticizing your life. And I was like, okay, so like you're the professional here and maybe I'm wrong, but like, I'm pretty sure at this point in my life, I probably should not be dating. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, no, 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 no. That is not what romanticizing. Like, what are you trying to tell me here? Yeah. I was just like, okay, you're moving too quick for me, lady. Okay. So, so what she meant to say was like, no, romanticizing your life. Um, she said what it is, is a combination of practicing gratitude Mm -hmm. and mindfulness. Mm -hmm. And she explained that it became a very like big trend, Mm -hmm. um, created by generation Z. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. And there was this TikToker named Ashley Ward in 2020 that came out with this like video on TikTok and basically talked about how to romanticize your life. And then it became this like huge trend on social media of how to romanticize your life. And it was basically essentially um, that the trend was about celebrating yourself and making even the most ordinary day feel extraordinary. It includes having main character energy, which we'll get to later. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, and she was basically trying to cope with, at that time, it was the pandemic, right? Ooh, it was yeah. it was during COVID. Mm-hmm. So it was basically her trying to find a way to just like cope with everything going on in the world. Mm -hmm. Okay, so since then, it's like really taken off so much that back in 2021, my counselor was like, you need to romanticize your life. Yeah, she must have been on TikTok. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not on TikTok. She's like finding her her coping strategies (laughs) off TikTok. This is what I'm going to tell my clients. (laughs) This sounds good. (laughs) This 20-year-old came up with this concept, and it's pretty cool. Um, So do you have a TikTok? You know, I do for my photography page, but I never get on it. Oh, yeah. I never get on I it. I don't have TikTok. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even know what to do. It's, it's just too much. You got Facebook. You got Instagram. You do, there's just too much. So, too many platforms with social media. Oh, I totally agree. I yeah. totally agree. Um, so so that is when I started really practicing the con or learning, learning how to apply the concept of romanticizing my life. And will I say that it changed my life, you know, right away? Or did it change and solve all my problems? No, it did not. But I'm looking back at the past like two years of my life. And I think that I made small adjustments in my day and really had to like fight for finding the joy in my life. And now two years later, two and a half years later, I'm in a much better space. And Mm -hmm. I really attribute it to this concept was kind of like the starting point 
for me. And so that's why I'm really passionate about talking about it and like sharing it with other people. And so what we'll talk about in this episode is like why we're doing it. Mm-hmm. And this is my why. Yeah. Um, we're going to talk about what it is and then how to apply it to our lives. Um, and then also like times that we should not romanticize our life because there's sure. definitely some times. Like, let's not go overboard here. Let's not go overboard. Yeah. yeah. And then hopefully at the end of it, our listeners can walk away with some strategies and just some ideas on how to basically find more joy in their day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, okay. So another thing I want to talk about before we actually like really get into, um, romanticizing life is I think in the pink room, Part of the objective of creating this like podcast um, and the concept of in the pink room is creating a safe space, right? So when we started this, we were like, we're going to talk about some very difficult things and we're going to put ourselves out on this platform and it's super uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And in order, I think, to really help others, we want to be real and we want to give them someone to relate to. Yeah. Right. And be vulnerable. Yes. And in addition to that, I'm really, really passionate about pushing back on the stigma against mental health. That's a big one. It's a big one. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because people don't really talk about their mental health condition, right? And whether it's depression or anxiety or panic disorder or whatever. It's like people don't talk about it. They're afraid to, mm-hmm. right? And it's because of the stigma that comes with it. And I think it's so interesting because so many people... <coughs> focus on their exterior and if it's like they want to lose weight or they want to gain muscle they get a trainer and they're like kind of like you know glorifying it yeah they glorify it it's like yeah i got my trainer working out every day and all that stuff but like let's post some progress pics here Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. some before and afters yeah and and it's like there's no stigma against it it's like celebrated right Mm -hmm. but if you go as far as, as say like I'm working with my therapist. I'm 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 doing counseling sessions once a week for an hour. It's like almost taboo to yeah. tell someone that. And people are often very like judgmental of that. Like, oh, they're in therapy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, something must be wrong. Something must be wrong. Oh, they're going through it. <laughs> they're going through it. <laughs> Which like you're not wrong, but like <laughs> But the way But I, everybody's going through something. Exactly. Exactly. So I think like on this podcast, like I just want to be super real, super transparent. Um, you know, because you're my best friend that I went through what, like six years of a depressive state. Right. Mm -hmm. And I really had to fight my way out of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yes, it's uncomfortable to talk about it on this platform so openly. And do I think people are judging me? Yes. Do I think people think maybe I shouldn't be doing this? Probably. Um, do I care at this point in my life? No, hell no. I don't care. And I also, I think you and I, in our professional life, we work in the behavioral mental health field. Mm -hmm. Okay. So we know that therapy helps. Right. It helps. And me talking about going to counselors and like doing my therapy sessions, like I think for me, that's something to flex about because it's like, you know what? I don't just care about what I look like on the outside. I care about like my mind, Mm -hmm. right? And my mindset. And to me, when I'm going and I'm doing these, these these counseling sessions, it's like it's like working on a muscle, right? And that's why you go to the gym to get stronger. Yeah, it's the same concept when you're going to counseling and you're seeking just like help and talking to someone and learning new strategies to apply to your life. And so I feel super passionate about pushing against the negative stigma in our society about about seeking professional help when you need it. Yeah, and I think it's incredibly important for women. But I think it's almost like even more important for men. 
That's a big one. It's a huge one. I, I, you know, we're trying to find a man <laughs> who is like willing to come on the show to talk about men's mental health, but it's actually been really hard to find someone, mm-hmm. a man who's willing to come and talk about it. Right. So hopefully sometime this year we'll find the right individual to come on this platform and be very vulnerable and honest with us. Um, because, you know, I don't want the pink, we, we, 17% of the listeners are male. And right. it's probably my dad and my brother and maybe like a handful <laughs> of my, my buddies from high school or whatever. Um, but I think talking about men's mental health is something that like, it's also taboo, right? Maybe even more so taboo than it is for women. <laughs> exactly. Which is interesting because if you look at like the statistics for suicide, 80% of suicide is done by men. Wow. But if you look at the research that indicates like women who seek professional help, it's like 80% compared to 20%. Yeah. Yeah. And so for men, I can't even imagine, right? Because like even in this concept, like in, in developing the the show tonight, mm-hmm. I was thinking about romanticizing, right? And like how it's so much easier for a woman to talk about that. But like, I was like, in what ways could a man do it? Yeah, that's a good question. It is a good question. I'm like, I don't even know. <laughs> Usually I debrief a little bit with my husband before I come on and record. Uh, you know, he'll ask like what the topic is and what mm-hmm. we're doing. And I said, uh, he's like, what are you talking about tonight? And I was like, well, tonight it's going to be about how to romanticize your life. And he looked at me like he had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> he's like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> he's like, light some candles. He's like, like you, you go have fun. <laughs> The biggest thing about like in the pink room is like creating a safe place, right? Mm-hmm. And like pushing against like the again against the mental health stigma. And um, yeah, I think that a lot of people go through mental health conditions and like just don't talk about it, carrying it all on your shoulders, yeah, all by and, yourself, and just like internalizing all of it mm-hmm. and acting on the surface like everything's okay, right? So I'm really passionate about talking about these type of things. Um, so, so as a mother and just person, just a human being in general in today's modern life, I think it's increasingly difficult to find joy in life. Um, we live in a society that suggests in order to be happy and successful, we need to make a certain amount of money. Mm -hmm. We have to drive a certain kind of car. We have to look a certain way. We have to parent a certain way. Um, there's all these pressures, right? And then most people like, like me, I'll admit, like I have this innate desire to like fit in. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think we all do. Yeah. Um, and then you throw in social media. Ooh. <laughs> right. And then social media, it only creates more stress because it increases the comparison behavior. And, you know, like we're so constantly plugged in into everyone else's lives. Like you can't help but base your personal worth on how you stack up against other people. Like even as a mom, like when other people post things about their children or their house looks all clean Mm. and, you know, they have time to bake and they have time to do all these things. I'm like, what the, like, what am I doing wrong? (laughs) What am I doing with my life? Yes. Like my house does not look like that. (laughs) Like, Um, where are you hiding your laundry, girl? Come on. Yeah. It's behind the camera. We, we know. We already know. We already know. We already know. Um, But the pressures of modern day life can become all consuming. And if we aren't careful, especially as mothers, we can easily fall into depression or develop anxiety or other mental health disorders, right? Yeah. yeah. And I think for uh, me personally, just in terms of being a mom in the day-to-day, every day becomes such a routine. Yes. You do the same thing yes. every day. And you almost get lost in it. 
Like, and you're always rushing to get to the next thing. Yes. You wake up, you got to hurry up and get breakfast ready for the kids. You got to hurry up and get yourself ready so you can get out the door. You got to make sure the backpacks are ready. Then you got to make sure you're at this drop off location at at the right time. And then the next drop off location at the right time. Then you got to get to work at the right time. And then it's like, now then you're at work and then you want to get home from work. And it's like, what is the next thing coming? And if, and if you live your life in that constant state, like you will get, you'll get lost in that. Yeah. And then, and then you'll get depressed in that because Mm -hmm. you'll lay your head on your pillow at the end of the night and you're going to go, what just happened? Where was I? How did the day go by so fast? I feel like I missed it. Yeah. And then your alarm goes off the next day and you start all over again. But that's not before, like before you even fall asleep, when you put your head on the pillow, you're now you're just dealing with a mental load of motherhood, right? <laughs> so you're like reviewing everything you did all day and you're thinking about everything that went wrong. Mm-hmm. And then you're thinking about everything that you have to get done tomorrow. Yeah. Right. So there's that too. There's mm-hmm. that mental piece where like it really, truly just never stops for a mom. Right. Yeah. Um, so why is this so important to talk about and to do? Like, why do we need to decrease our stress level um, and like adopt concepts such as romanticizing your life? <laughs> <laughs> so it decreases stress levels. And um, I think it really helps you refocus your mind away from trivial things that really don't matter. Um, it helps you, this practice helps you practice gratitude and experience less stress sleep better, express more compassion for yourself and for others. And I think that when you are maybe dealing with depression or anxiety or anything like that, you know, I have to say you can do the counseling, you can do like, you can talk to others, you can do the self-care and all that kind of stuff. But there really is no like magic button, right? Right. Like you could go to any counselor, but no one, they're not wizards. They're Mm -hmm. not going to make the changes for you. And so the reason I love the romanticizing concept is because like we always talk about like change and transitions truly start within Mm -hmm. and you have to do the inner work because no one in your life, like I say this looking at you and you're my best friend, you're there for me for everything, but like no one is going to show up for you like you show up for you. Right. And so you really have to like find your self love and really show up for yourself, fight for yourself because no one else is going to do it for you. No one is coming. No one is coming coming to save you. No one is coming to save you. And so me back in 2021, when I was like, oh man, I was just like in such a dark place. One day I was like, man, fuck this shit. This will (laughs) not be my life. Right? Like this will not be my life. And it really like that process of fighting my way out of my depressive state it really started with that moment and just deciding like, I'm going to change it and I can't depend on anyone else. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, like romanticizing really, really like helped me, help me kind of start my way out of it. Okay. So like you started talking about this, you basically broke down why it's hard (laughs) to feel gratitude and, um, and romanticize your life, especially as a mom. And you're right. Like we struggle to get everywhere on time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Constantly, constantly. And then there's that pressure of like, you have to organize your family life and manage everyone's calendars. And I know your, your kids are under the age of five, but I have a five-year-old, an eight-year-old, an 11-year-old, and they're all in extracurricular activities. Yeah. Shit gets crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have like four different calendars. Um, and so like on top of, you know, just like having a full-time job, keeping my own damn calendar I have to know where everyone has to be at every second and I have to like manage all the rides and all the kind of stuff. Right. Um, so there's that. 
And then in addition to that, we also have to check off everything on our to-do list at work. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so by the time you get everything done in a single day, it's hard to be in a, and you're like completely exhausted, right? Like most nights I'm exhausted. Are you? Yeah. It's like, I have nothing, nothing left to give. Yeah. And in those moments, it's really hard to like feel gratitude because mm -hmm. you're like, I'm just so fucking tired. I can't feel anything. I can't I'm feel so anything. tired. <laughs> There's been many a nights where like I lay down on my bed and I just stare up at the ceiling for like 45 minutes, just like decompressing, like not even thinking. I'm just like, I, I, I'm not thinking about what I'm grateful for. I'm just like, <laughs> I am so fucking tired and I have to get up and do this shit again tomorrow. <laughs> and then the cycle repeats. Yeah. And then you start over again. Um, yeah. So that's why it's hard to feel gratitude as a mom. And then also like, like we won't touch too much into this, but then there's like the news, right? You mm -hmm. look in the world and you see all the terrible shit happening in the world. And it's like, yeah. and as empaths, like we both oh, like feel so deeply, I can't really watch the news. I can only handle so much. Mm -hmm. it's, so it's so depressing. Yeah. And it's like, on one hand, I want to be like very well informed. On another hand, like I can't even sleep at night with some of the things that I see. Yeah. So hard to feel gratitude in, in, in the world when that happens. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then social media, mm. <laughs> social media, <laughs> I hate social media. We are bombarded with images of perfection, right? Just like constantly reminding us of like how we're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> this is what you need. <laughs> yeah. Your life. This is what you need. Um, and then it's somehow ironically easier to like make comparisons and look outward and look at like what you don't have and what you're not like than it is to like look within and say like and acknowledge all the things that you're grateful for. Like it's much easier for me to look at social media and other people's lives and be like, oh, that looks so great. That looks amazing, blah, 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 and compare myself and then go down the spiral mm -hmm. versus like just stopping in my day and really thinking like, what am I grateful for? So that's something I need to get better at. We tend to put a lot of external conditions Mm -hmm. on ourselves yeah so I took a poll so the poll question was do you romanticize your life 24% said yes every day 47% said sometimes 12% mm -hmm. said no that's a silly concept 18% says what does that even mean so I'm like okay cool tune yeah. into our podcast we got you <laughs> <laughs> where would you say you fall into this because I know you didn't vote I didn't vote obviously because it's our poll but you know, I might say almost every day. Good for you. I mean, at least five out of seven days. Nice. That's like yeah. 80%. Mm -hmm. You're winning. <laughs> you're winning. It's considered mastery right yeah, there. Yeah, it sure is. <laughs> if you're doing anything 80% of the time, like you're winning and you're kicking ass in life. Keep going. Um, I would have to say that I probably would have voted sometimes. Sometimes I'm really good at it. Other days, like the concept to me, I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like <laughs> there's no way to romanticize this. <laughs> Like today, for example, um, I prepped for this outline. I, I designed our show like when I was at home and it was raining so the kids couldn't play outside. So they were inside. And um, I think I let them have a little too much like screen time. So at one point I had to turn it off, which seems like a good idea. But then what <laughs> ends up happening is like they're like fighting and throwing bats at each other <laughs> and empty like laundry baskets at each other. And then they're wrestling the dog. And like, I swear the entire time I'm just like being a referee and I'm just like splitting up these like fights. <laughs> and it was just like so overwhelming and it was so loud and it was so chaotic. And I'm sitting here writing an outline about romanticizing your life. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, what the, 
<laughs> like, there's no way to romanticize this. This is just pure chaos. Um, so I just thought that was like pretty ironic. But I will say after there was chaos and the kids like settled down at one point um, and I was feeling completely like, I don't know, defeated and over overstimulated, I look over and my daughter and my son, who I had just broken up from a fight like 10 minutes prior, were like sitting on a chair together and they were like sharing like a piece of bread that I made them for a snack. And mm -hmm. they were just like quiet, looking at each other, sharing with no words, laughing. And it was like that moment I paused and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, this there, is it. There, there it, is. it is. There it is. Because I really think like the concept of romanticizing your life is like stopping, slowing down recognizing those moments of like pure joy and I was like okay there it is there it is yeah this episode makes sense again <laughs> <laughs> maybe we will have something to talk about tonight <laughs> exactly okay so the next thing I could talk about or I want to talk about is like what are some examples um, for anyone who's new to this concept, like let's give them examples of how to romanticize your life. And you could look up this concept and easily find a list of like 30 ways to do it. Um, and I encourage you to do that uh, because we will cover, I don't know, 10 to 15 here, but mm -hmm. we truly don't cover it all. Right. Right. Um, so what are some, and we can, how about we just like take turns yeah. sharing our strategies. All mm -hmm. right, cool. I love when we do this, by the way. Um, okay. So you shoot, what is one strategy? Are we going like one and one or, or what? Yeah. Whatever <laughs> feels right. Let's just go for it. Whatever flows. Okay. So are these strategies that I do or strategies that I'm, I recommend for other people? I think both. We can share strategies that we do. And I also found some strategies where I'm like, Ooh, I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. whatever feels good to you. So the thing for me in this idea or concept of romanticizing your life and bringing in a lot of mindfulness and gratitude is I feel like it's never, and you said this, but it's never going to be like a one size fits all. Mm -hmm. And, and so it's never going to be like a cookie cutter program. Right. So we'll give these tips and these strategies, but really mine is kind of more of like overall themes. Mm -hmm. So the first theme I called it a uh, positive intention. So basically what this is, is just moving in your life, moving throughout your life with positive intention throughout your day. Um, so with a positive intention in life, you create more positive energy in your life. Yeah. Some might refer to this as like a higher, like um, a higher vibration. Yeah. Right. Because you have those positive energies mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean that if you have any of those negative experiences or emotions that you deny it because emotions are energy in motion and we need to allow them to flow. But the biggest challenge is that we tend to deny or block the negative ones probably out of fear. Right. So if you focus on the positive ones and finding the joy those are going to be positive emotions and you're going to move throughout your day um, in a much more positive way. So an example of that might be if you're coming home from work and you're sitting in traffic, it's really easy to be like, wow, this sucks. Mm -hmm. I hate traffic. I hate that I have to do this. I'm not even home yet. Why do I work so far away? This commute sucks. Like I'm wasting my time, my gas money, et cetera, right? There's a ton that could go through your mind and those are all going to be negative emotions and they're all going to flow. Right. But if you shift your perspective just a little bit mm -hmm. and try and find just a couple positive things about that commute home, mm -hmm. maybe it's, you know what, I'm going to call a friend who I haven't talked to in a while because mm -hmm. I don't know about you, but I never have time to talk on the phone. Yeah. Because, <laughs> Unless maybe I'm driving. Well, I know that because <laughs> you never answer my phone calls. <laughs> 
it's like impossible. <laughs> I talk to the only people I talk to on the phone are, are my dad and my best friend Stephanie, who lives in Boston. Oh. Because I don't get to see her. Okay, I'm lightweight jealous. Of <laughs> but Stephanie. I do talk to you. <laughs> I do. And sometimes you catch me on the phone. Emergency. Yeah. I'm like, girl, it's an emergency. Answer your phone. <laughs> and and everybody knows that about me. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Um, I think that's why I actually like calling you because I know you don't <laughs> like to talk on the phone. So it's like pushing your button. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, maybe you might have time to call a friend. Maybe you might have time to like put on your favorite playlist. And so you're like listening to your music. You get to have that break to like decompress before you walk through the door. Yeah. After you come home, maybe you catch a nice sunset. Mm-hmm. What you know, while you're there, maybe it's raining and you like the rain, whatever it is, whatever sparks joy for you to just turn that around and and move through it like with a positive intention. Yeah, because like in essence, romanticizing your life is finding the joy and the ordinary, mm-hmm. right? It's not doing anything crazy. It's not yeah. spending money. It's yeah. not doing like anything that takes you out of living your life. It's basically finding ways to enjoy things more, mm-hmm. right? Um, to finding the pleasure in simple things. Yeah, maybe you put on your favorite song and you're just like rocking out, singing at the top of your lungs. I love singing at the top of my lungs in the car by myself. Can we hear a bit of that? No. (laughs) I want to know what that sounds like. (laughs) No. Okay, what about what do you like to listen to? What do you like to sing to you? Right right now it's Taylor Swift. Yeah. (laughs) Everything's Taylor Swift. Everything's Taylor Swift right now. I got a playlist for everything. I got a driving playlist. I got an editing playlist, Taylor Swift playlist. Yeah. I got a sad Taylor Swift playlist when I'm feeling sad. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) I love it. Well, that's one of the strategies was to like to part of the the concept of romanticizing your life is like creating a um in essence, like you're supposed to be the main character of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And so So music has so much to do, like you're creating the soundtrack. And so it's so important to like always pair music with things that you're doing, right? So like if I'm washing dishes in the kitchen or cooking, I usually listen to like jazz music. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's a way I romanticize my life. Like when I come home after work and it's 630 and I'm exhausted and the last thing I want to do is cook for my family because I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. And but I have to cook, right? So I'll throw <laughs> kids on kids gotta eat. <laughs> kids gotta eat. So I'll throw on some jazz music, maybe pour myself a glass of wine. I'm not gonna romanticize alcohol, but I do like to do that because I, I just enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um so I pair that with cooking and then it becomes like this whole new experience. Light some new light some candles, turn down the lighting. Yeah. And it's just like a whole vibe. So mm-hmm. it's like I'm exhausted. This is ordinary. I do this every single day. Um, and the hardest part is figuring out what I'm cooking. But like, once I get past that, it's like, a, it's like a different mindset. Yeah. Like it feels special. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think part of, ex- uh, uh, romanticizing your life is like picking songs and playing music like always. Yeah. Something that I like to do in my life is like, I like to have signatures, right? And what I mean, what I mean by that is like, I like to have a signature scent. So I love like Miss Dior and every day before I go to work, I spritz on my, my favorite perfume mm-hmm. and it like, I never change it. I wear the same one every day and it's just, for some reason, it just like makes me feel good. It's like, I'm ready for my day. Yeah. Um, another signature I have is a signature cocktail, which I'm sure you know what that is. It's a raspberry lemon drop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I could have guessed that. Yeah, exactly. So, or a buttery Chardonnay. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, yes. So like a cocktail is that. And then if I'm sitting having dinner, it's a Chardonnay. Yeah, exactly. So like I have the signature, right? Um, and also like at my local Starbucks, like every morning I go in and I, I they know my drink and they start making it like as soon as I come in. Do they really? Yeah, yeah, yes. It's and like something from the movies. Like it's pretty cool, right? They're like same thing. I'm like same thing. That's and like <laughs> that's pretty pretty dang romantic. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> really romantic. What I like about that is it provides a sense of like self assurance. Um, it's like I know what I like. I know what works for me, mm-hmm. and I like own it. And in that way, I like totally romanticize my life in that way. And I also I have like. Taylor Swift, sorry, that's kind of random, but like she has like a signature lip color, right? Like she is known for her red lips. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I would like to do because I love lipstick. Yeah. And when I am feeling kind of off or like I don't want to get dressed for work and I'm exhausted or whatever, one thing I do to like change my vibe is I'll put on some some heels Mm -hmm. and lipstick and like that improves my day. Yeah, I did that the other day. How did, I, how did, I uh, yeah, I put on lipstick. I actually did my hair uh-huh. for work, uh-huh. and and I picked a, a a nicer outfit to like wear to work that day because I just kind of felt like I was in a funk like for the week. Yeah, and ten out of ten, it, it helped shift my my mood just right off the bat. Yeah, and it's tough to do that every day. Like, yeah, like some yeah. days I just want to wear jeans and a sweater and some flats and like no makeup, right. right? But there's some days where I'm like, you know, I need to like I'm I'm in a funk. Mm-hmm. I got to change my mindset, and so I throw on some lipstick and and some heels and it's just like a whole different experience yeah yeah it sets a tone for the rest of my day Mm -hmm. so I like to do that I like to have a signature I like that (laughs) I like that yeah um I don't know what my signature cocktail would be though um you like the mule thing what is it I do but the Moscow mules yeah that thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) I'm always like that looks complicated why is it in that (laughs) copper mug like (laughs) the copper mug is the best part is it (laughs) If I order a Moscow mule at a restaurant and they don't give me a copper mug, I'm upset. Are you? Okay. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> okay. So what's another strategy that you have? So another one of my themes, I'll call it, is um, to live slower. And so we mentioned this too when we talked about what romanticizing your life means to us. Um, but just kind of learning to slow down, learn to do nothing. Mm-hmm. We are human beings, not human doings. Right. And that is really, really hard for me. It's probably the hardest one at all. Yeah. I am really uncomfortable if I'm not doing anything. I feel like I'm not being productive. Mm -hmm. I feel like if I'm not doing something, I feel like I do need to be doing something. Um, Like if I ever sit on the couch, I almost feel guilty. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it's like there's so many things that I could be doing. Yeah. And I forget how important it is to just rest yes, and to just be. Mm-hmm. So um, so it is one of my suggestions, but also probably one of the hardest ones for me yeah. to do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, being able to put down your phone. Yes. Right. To mm-hmm. kind of help slow you down. Uh, practice breathing. So this is something I knew, something new that I started. Um, and you guys know I've shared this before that about like six months ago, six, eight months ago, I started meditating Mm -hmm. in the morning. And along with that, I started doing like breath work. And Mm -hmm. so that's just kind of where I slow down. And I and I'm sitting usually on the ground because it makes me feel kind of like grounded. Mm -hmm. And just to kind of practice your breathing and be aware of it. 
um, is usually how I try and start my day almost every day, five out of seven days a week. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, I really, it really resonates with me when you talk about like slowing down because I think we live in a society where like grinding, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. And is glorified is glorified and working so much is glorified and Mm -hmm. being busy is glorified. And there's like so much pressure to do all these things. Right. And so I love the concept of like slowing down. Um, something that I have not always been good at, but I'm trying to be better at it is like on the weekends when, um, you know, the kids don't have a lot of extracurricular activities. It's like, I put my phone away. I try not to wear a watch and I try to just like be Mm -hmm. and not think about where I need to be next. So that really resonates with me. And that's hard to do as a mom Mm because you're just like always so busy. Yeah. Right. And I, you know, I once heard the saying like, time is not money. Time is life. Time is life. You can mm. never get it back. You can never get it back. Money comes and goes. Mm-hmm. Time is something you can never get back. So Oof. sometimes, and I know that's so hard as a mom is to like stop and slow down. Time is a concept I could literally do a whole nother episode on. Let's do it. <laughs> Add it to our topics. I have so much to say about, about time. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, we'll save that for another time. <laughs> All right. Got you. Got you. Um, something that I came up with is... I notice like the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I make coffee. But then what I do from there is like I do a thousand things. So like I have my coffee, but I'm like washing dishes in the morning, throwing in a load of laundry. I'm making sure the kids uh, I'm packing their lunch. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm doing yeah. all these things. I'm multitasking. All the things. Yeah, all the things. So what I'm going to do and try to do better is like I love the idea of drinking hot coffee with two hands. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. And the, the reason I say two hands is because I never use two hands because I'm multitasking. Right. Right. And so I'm going to start trying to take a moment to slow, <laughs> to slow down and savor the hot beverage um, and try not to reheat it. My cup of coffee <laughs> 10 times, because if you're a mom, you know what that's like. This is why I just drink iced coffee. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. So don't even bother. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, if you're feeling crazy and you really want to romanticize your life, like have your cup of coffee at a coffee shop. Right. Mm -hmm. And and like don't look at your phone. Maybe read a book. Enjoy your hot coffee and just. Yeah. Just slow down. Yeah. Slowing down. Mm -hmm. No, I I do. uh, I do a really good job of that over the course of the last six months because I am since I started getting up early, mm-hmm. that's kind of part of my routine is I will drink my coffee and I'll just sit with it. Um, and I drink it hot, mm-hmm. which is new for me. Yeah. That's awesome. That's but it's I'm... gotta be extra hot. That's the thing about me. It can't, it can't be just lukewarm It either has to be extra hot yeah. or like extra cold. Yeah. That, me too. That's why I like reheat it like <laughs> 10 times before I actually finish it. If I'm multitasking, like if I order at Starbucks, I'm like, I want you to make it as hot as you possibly legally can. <laughs> hot as you can legally make it i love it i wanted to i wanted to burn my mouth just a little bit (laughs) i love it i didn't know that about you (laughs) okay awesome do you have another strategy you want to share yeah okay so this one is pretty big and this one might seem a little far-fetched for some people um but through this meditation journey that i've been on i'm also doing a lot of soul searching Mm -hmm. and learning who I am on the inside and who I am kind of like to my soul Mm -hmm. and to my core and learning about, I guess what I call my soul's essence. Okay. Okay. So you just come up with some new (laughs) shit like all the time. (laughs) 
this is what happens when I prepare. Yeah, like you come up with themes, right? And my things are like uh, adjust the lighting in your room, in your house. <laughs> no, but that's really good. That's like a tangible, observable thing that somebody can, somebody probably will try. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do that next. But we'll talk about that next. So I want to hear okay, this so, essence of the soul concept. So I, I believe, and maybe this isn't for everybody, and that's fine, that our souls came here to have a human experience, okay? Mm -hmm. And that we each have our own unique desires and they're not arbitrary. The desires that you have, you were born to have and they were meant for you. So when I think about that and what it means for me and my soul's desires, like for example, I remember wanting to be a mom for as long as I can remember. And people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grew up my answer would be, I want to be a mom. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know, also too, before I, you know, as long as I can remember, I always wanted to have a daughter named Elizabeth wow. my whole entire life. Yeah. And so on those, on these, um, the days kind of like we had today, cause I think we both had tough days at home, like just mom life. Yeah. Um, I just think about my soul and what it came here to do and its purpose. And one of those one of those purpose was to be a mom. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about the fact that I am living out my soul's purpose mm-hmm. on a daily basis to be able to be a mom to these babies, and like that's what I came here to do, that fills me with so much gratitude. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even, and, and that's kind of what got me through my day today, actually. And because I knew I was coming on here to talk about this and to talk about romanticizing your life. So it was in my headspace all day, too. Um, but I, but if I just like take a second and say like even on the hard days like I came here to experience this to experience motherhood and that I get to live out my soul's purpose is like pretty pretty cool and like yeah. that's pretty great and 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 it's not just that and and for everybody else again it's going to be different and I think that it's important to know that like when you do have those desires that you know you have them for a reason like I came here to to pick up a camera and take pictures of people and to give them art in a tangible form. And when I do that, it sets my soul on fire. And when I think about that, I get to be able to do that and live out my soul's purpose is like my, it's my soul's essence. Like that's what I'm here for. Right. And, you know, and to see the sunrise every morning. So I get up really early, like 5am and I catch the sunrise. And every morning I look outside the window and I usually have my hot coffee and I'm there before all the kids get up and I get to watch it. Um, and I told you that the other day. Yeah. And, and, and I was like, like, wow, that's romantic as fuck. Like, yeah. <laughs> you watch the sunrise every day. <laughs> yeah. And it's the, you know, the earth and the, or the universe, it like gives you a show every single morning, and every single night, just by watching the sunrise it is really hard to look at the sunrise or the sunset and like not feel gratitude. Yeah. So, um, so that's a big one for me. And I think that's why, you know, I wasn't sure that it, that the label romanticizing your life was a thing. Like I kind of refer to it as mindfulness and gratitude, but, yeah. but I think it's romantic shit. Yes. <laughs> I think uh, romanticizing is basically just like a modern, mm-hmm, yeah. a modern label right. for gratitude and mindfulness. That's yeah. what I, that's my take from it. Um, but I also, at the end of the night, mm-hmm. I always have like a small piece of dark chocolate, <laughs> like there quality dark chocolate. Yeah. And even then I'll use that as another example. Like I, like as silly and as small as this sounds, I came, my soul came here because it wanted to experience dark chocolate, <laughs> like really good, 
good dark chocolate and really, really good coffee. And I do that. Yeah. And so that makes me feel uh, fulfilled. Yeah. And I'm living out the my desires as small as they are, even if it's just having like a really good cup of coffee in the morning. Yeah. I feel I'm doing it. Yeah. Again, that's like romanticizing (laughs) your life. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's funny. One of our, our listeners, her name is Vanessa Gamboa. She's a mother of four daughters and they're all older. They're Mm -hmm. like in their teens and adulthood. And, um, I, I love to ask our listeners, like, how do you romanticize your life? And, um, she was so cute. She said, my favorite thing to do at night after I send everyone upstairs to go shower is I put on music really loud. I clean the kitchen and I eat a bite sized snicker bar. (laughs) And I was like, I love that. I love that. Yeah. Um, and th- so you with your chocolate mm-hmm. and your soul's essence, yeah. I was like, <laughs> you know, I love that. One of my strategies, and this really goes into like m- moms, moms, how do you define a gratitude? How do you romanticize your life as a mom? Cause I think like as a single woman or woman who maybe isn't a mom yet or whatnot, or chooses not to be a mother. Um, it's a lot easier for me in my mind to like romanticize your life. Cause you're like this main character in your life and you're not thinking about your kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so much easier to do, but it's harder to, to romanticize your life as a mother. Right. So one of the things you said, like really reason, resonated with me because I think that I get very lost right in the routine and the monotony of being a mom. And I often forget like you that I used to like fantasize about being a mother one day. And it's what I wanted to do so badly. And I like would fantasize about like the things I would do with my kids. And, you know, if I ever had a daughter, I would dance with her. I would paint her nails, um, you know, like all these really beautiful things. And sometimes like I forget about that. And so one of the things I want to start doing to romanticize my life as a mother is I want to set aside like 30 minutes every day. And I want to think back to those things I used to like in manifest, right? Mm-hmm. Those things where I used to be like, oh, I can't wait till I could do that with my daughter. I can't wait to do that with my son. Like every day, what I'm going to try to do is set aside 30 minutes of my time, which is like less than 5% of my day. Mm-hmm. And I'm really just going to try to focus on being the mother I always thought I would be. Yeah. Because sometimes in day-to-day life, it's hard to be the mom that you always thought you would be. Like yeah. You're exhausted. Mm-hmm. You're overwhelmed. You're, you know. Overstimulated. Overstimulated. And you're like most of the time depleted. And like, I I mean, I experience mom burnout at least a few times a week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least a few times a yeah. week. Yeah. I thought you were going to. I was. I I might even say every day. Yeah. No, totally. Maybe not all day, every day, but it com- it'll it come in waves. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, for sure. For me too. Mm-hmm. For me too. So I think that's like a good way that I want to start romantic- romanticizing my life as a mom. I mentioned adjusting the light, the lighting in my home. It's not very often that I have like an overhead light on. I usually don't have those on. I usually just do lamps or like candles and it like creates this like warm, cozy vibe. And that's mm-hmm. a way that like I feel good yeah. in, th- in that in that environment. Um, and then I love to buy myself flowers. My favorite is going to farmer's markets and picking out a bundle. Um, so I really enjoy doing that. That's one way that I romanticize my life. I think I touched on most of it. I think, uh, I think towards the end, if I had to give like a a list of like tangible strategies, it would kind of be able to check off a list from something for your mind, your body and your soul. Mm -hmm. And as long as you hit something from those three categories every day, Mm -hmm. I think you're winning. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're winning your mind being, you know, and whatever it looks like for you, maybe you want to journal, maybe you want to read, maybe you want to meditate, you know, for your body, if you're want to like stretch or work out or be outside, be grounded making good meal choices, you know, Mm -hmm. that's going to make you feel good. And then for your soul, I kind of 
you know, filled in uh, like creativity, like what is what is going to look what's that going to look like for you Mm -hmm. um, in terms of being creative? Yeah. And, you know, doing something for a hobby Mm -hmm. or like just being out in nature. Yeah, I love that. I love all that. Those are a lot of good ideas. Um, Something and I'll I'll probably before we move on from this to complete this conversation is um, I've been trying to use a lot of like visual imagery. So like, say, for example, I'm going like having a hard moment like today with the kids when I was like, pretty much like refereeing with Logan and Eva trying to keep them from like assaulting each other, you know, like I was just like so overwhelmed and I had so much to do and I was just so tired and there was no fuel in my gas tank. Okay. I was on empty. Um, so I think I yelled a little, maybe a little too much. Right. And, and then you feel guilty, right. Mm. When you yell at your kids, because the typical antecedents of trying to control their behavior is it's not working. Nothing Mm -mm. is working when you have three kids, by the way, (laughs) like ABA and applied behavior analysis does not work when you have more than two kids. Just kidding. But um, there was a moment where you just like, you know, you kind of experience mom guilt or whatever. And it like kind of brings you to this like place where you're like, oh, my gosh, I like don't feel like I'm doing a good job. So what I've been trying to do in moments like that, and I just started this um, and it's not like gangster at all. Because I know oh. you're expecting me to like <laughs> say something crazy, but I'm not. So what I've been trying to do, because I think oftentimes, especially as a mom, like you forget how beautiful life can be sometimes, mm. right? And um, what I've been trying to do is when I am just like dysregulated and maybe sad or upset, I'm trying to think back to a time of my life where I felt total peace. And when I felt like, wow, life is beautiful. And for me, this brings me back to when I was 22 and I was backpacking through Europe and I was in Paris mm-hmm. and I spent the day at the Cathedral of Notre Dame. I went to the Eiffel Tower. I was 22. I was fearless. I yeah. had my whole life in front of me. Mm-hmm. I was single. Um, I was there by myself. Right. And I remember I went up to the Eiffel Tower. I saw this beautiful view. But like after that experience, I walked over to this like nearby, nearby area. And there was this like um, there was a bunch of like uh, restaurants. Right. And like cafes. Mm-hmm. And everyone in France just they just take their time doing everything. Like a cup of coffee takes like two hours to drink <laughs> and they just kind of sit and they're yeah. still and they're present and they're you're just like people watching. Mm-hmm. And I remember I ordered a cup of coffee and it was in the afternoon and it was spring and there was cherry blossoms everywhere and there was a view of the Eiffel Tower. And I remember just like being totally content and thinking like, wow, life really is so beautiful. And so sometimes when I get lost in motherhood, And I'm dealing with like the monotony of the day-to-day routines and I'm having a hard time finding like the, the, the extraordinary in life. I bring myself back to that moment of like sitting at that cafe and just like being present Mm -hmm. and just like people watching and seeing everything that like life had to offer. Yeah. That's really beautiful. Well, I try to do, I've been trying to do that and I, I haven't done that in a very long time. I used to love, before I had kids, I really loved to travel. Um, and ever since I became a mom that changed. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times for me anyways, when you become a mom, it's like, I feel like society pressures you into like, you're a mom and that's all you are. Like, right. Like you're, you're a mom, like your kids come first. Like you can't go out. Yeah. You can't go out. Like you can't go out with your friends. No. What are you doing? Yeah. You can't do anything that doesn't have to deal with your kids. Right. You want to take a night away? What? How dare you? Yeah. You want to go do a podcast? Like, no. Right. So when I'm, I have to constantly remind myself that I love being a mother and I was meant to be a mother. You talk about soul essence. Like Mm -hmm. I was meant to be a mother. 
but also like I'm more than a mom. Absolutely. You were, you were, you're here to do other things too. Exactly. And I think it's okay to like do that. And Mm -hmm. if like I'm having a hard moment in motherhood, right. And what brings me back to life is remembering who I was before I became a mom. Mm -hmm. That has really like helped me get through some hard moments recently. Yeah. Visualization. Visualization. Yeah. So, um, another thing I wanted to talk about, I think that you and I, we work with children with autism. So Mm -hmm. families impacted with, um, autism spectrum disorder. And so we actually spend a lot of times doing parent training, parent collaboration, and we talk to a lot of moms, Mm -hmm. right? Um, and so what I'm learning through this podcast is I definitely being a, it, it being a safe space and a total sisterhood of lifting other people up. We have a lot of moms who listen in to our show who have children on the spectrum. Right. And so one of the women that I reached out today, I won't I won't share her name, um, but I asked her, I said, you know, like motherhood in itself is hard, like for anyone. Yeah. Right. Um, It's beautiful. It's challenging. It's hard. It's worth everything. Right. It's okay for all of that to coexist. Exactly. But I can imagine when you have a child who has special needs or on the spectrum, that's like a whole different experience. And even though you know, we've worked in the, in, in this field with this population of individuals for like 14 years, I still can't even imagine no. what it is like to have a child on the spectrum. And so I asked one of our friends and I said, you know, we're talking about romanticizing our life. And I can imagine as like a mother of a child with autism, you probably like would listen to us and think like, that's ridiculous. Like I have so much more stress in my life on a day-to-day basis like I can't even tackle the concept of romanticizing like that that seems like a very far-fetched idea for me Mm -hmm. so I asked her and the reason I asked this person this is because I've known her for about 10 years um her child is is a preteen so she has um you know navigated this life with the child on the spectrum for a very long time and she is one of the most kindest most positive most like graceful like gracious women I've ever met in my life and I can only imagine the battles she has fought in silence that nobody even knows and I say this because every time I see her every interaction she's showing up as the best version of herself and she's like being positive and she's just someone that like I idolize as like the type of mother and human being I want to be yeah so I asked her like what would you share with other moms who like are trying to adopt this concept and and move through their life um, and find gratitude in their life when I can imagine it's harder to do. Yeah. Right. Um, and the first thing she said is breathe, breathe, breathe. Mm. And then she said, be grateful that God chose you to be the parent of such a special little person. Look at how wonderful you must be to be put in that situation. Mm. And she said, subscribe to Daily Affirmations app to start your day on the right foot. That's totally romanticizing your life. I love that. Mm -hmm. Remember that on those really hard days that it's okay to yell and scream in your pillow till you're back at zero. And then she says, my overall thought on gratitude as a mama with a kid on the spectrum is that I'm lucky she's come so far. Life could always be harder, but she reminds me every day how far she's come with the help of everyone in our lives. The laughter and excitement we experience is so different if you don't have a kiddo on the spectrum. Little goals hit differently. I'm, ex- I'm exhausted most nights, but wake up in the morning knowing that it's a new day to enjoy a new little surprise for my girl. 
Yeah, that's beautiful. So if there's any mamas on here listening, um, we see you. Mm -hmm. We know that sometimes like the things we talk about just hit differently for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was really cool for her to share that. Um, okay. So, so those are all strategies, right? To how to, ways to romanticize your life and find joy in the ordinary, the ordinary moments of your life. Um, an element of romanticizing your life is to have main character energy. <laughs> <laughs> what <Okay>. is that? <laughs> okay. So I put out a poll and I said, do you channel main character energy? 44% of people said, hell yeah, I love the concept. 6% said, no, that's ridiculous. 50% said, what does that even mean? <laughs> I am part of that 50%. Yeah. I don't know what that yeah, means. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So main character energy is basically a part of like this whole like new trend of romanticizing your life. Um, it's when someone puts themselves first and takes control of their narrative. Um, not in a selfish way, but in a self-affirming way that prioritizes self-care. Um, so... So essentially, like the way these people that this concept is, is like you, your your life is a movie. You're mm -hmm. the main character. You're starring in it. What do you think of this? <laughs> I can tell by the look on your face. You're like, mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that it's probably very trendy. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, I don't think this is anything new. Mm -hmm. And I think another way that I would probably phrase that is. I am in control of my life. Yeah. I get to decide how this story plays out. Mm -hmm. um, I don't, I am not a victim mm -hmm. and I choose to be in control and I, and I have control over how I'm going to look at the situations in my life. Got it. That's, that's what I would take from that. And I feel like that's not nothing new. That's nothing new. Yeah. Yeah. It's just termed a different way. Termed. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, my thought process is a little different. Um, so I don't personally see myself as like channeling main character energy. I think like for me as a mother, it's like hard to do that. I feel more like I'm a supporting role. <laughs> and, like my kids are each the like main character, right? <laughs> so we're in their movies. <laughs> yeah. I'm in their world. I, yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but I know this like whole thing of like, you know, like main character energy, like you're writing the script, like you're mm -hmm. in control, like you're, it's up to you to make your own narrative. I have a hard time understanding that concept just because like, if it were up to me, the script of my life would have turned out a lot differently than it has. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, in fact, I want to talk to who fucking wrote the script for my <laughs> life. <laughs> I'd be like, what's going on here? We got to go clean this up. Like, <laughs> these plot twists are not interesting. Okay. So like, I don't know if like a hundred percent could get on board with like that concept of like, this is my narrative. Maybe like in the past two years, like I, I definitely think I've brought, like I've taken my power back and I'm like changing the path of my life. So I guess yeah, in that yeah. way I can relate. There you go. Yeah. Okay. That's right. what that is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Also, you haven't seen the end of the story. You don't know how it plays out yet. Yeah. Do you so think it's up to me? I do. I kind of don't. So, <laughs> so this narrative that maybe you don't like right now, maybe it was put in your path for a reason, but you don't know that until you get to chapter 62. Chapter <laughs> Way the hell down the road. <laughs> and then you're going to look back and you're going to say, you know what? I had to go through that to get to where I am now. And I wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't have to go through that. Yeah. And I'm better for it. That's what you're going to say. You're going to get to the top of that mountain and you're going to say, I'm better for it because of all the challenges and the situations that I was put in 
to propel me up this mountain to get me here. And you're going to find gratitude. All right. Uh, Drop the mic. (laughs) I mean, shit, I don't even know what to say. (laughs) Uh, I I believe you, though. I'm going to go with that. I mean, I hope so. Shoot. I mean, I mean, yeah, me too, man. So, but I, I can get on board with the main character energy. Like I'm more on board with like, like, yes, I get to choose the soundtrack of my life. I'm all about that. It's like a little bit of gangster rap and a little, <laughs> and a lot of like pop culture. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm all about choosing the costumes every day. Yeah. Yeah. So uh-huh. like, I'm with it with that, but like the, the whole like script, like, I don't know, like, <laughs> sure that's actually like a thing for me but I love um I Desmond Edmondson um he participated in our poll and I asked him like hey what what's one way that you channel main character energy and he said by not comparing myself practicing inner work to show up as my best self um setting and maintaining boundaries and I was like I think setting Mm. and maintaining boundaries is so important very important we should do a whole episode on that yeah hell yeah girl um so thanks Desmond for that Okay, so we talked about all the ways uh, that we can romanticize our life, main character energy, what, what. Um, so now let's just like touch on what we should not romanticize in life. Okay, so um, something that comes to my mind is like you should not romanticize abusive relationships. No. Which happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, like a lot of women are like, he did X, Y, and Z, but like, I know he loves me. Right. I know I see his potential mm-hmm. or he's, I, he's not going to do it again. He's not going to do it again. Right. And like, we're supposed to be together. So there's like a lot of like romanticizing that that's something we should not romanticize. Um, we should not romanticize toxic friendships. Right. Like mm-hmm. you, you don't really necessarily always think about like friendships. Right. right but like, yeah. it's so important to think about like people in your environment mm-hmm. who are just not, um, producing like bringing you to your highest highest vibrations right Mm -hmm. like maybe they're constantly causing drama constantly complaining right just being negative it's like okay like we need to discontinue that friendship and maybe rational rationalize it by saying well we've been friends for so long exactly Mm -hmm. you know like i've known her my i've known her for 15 years like of course she's i'm gonna keep her as a friend it's hard yeah Mm -hmm. it is hard we should do a podcast on that (laughs) (laughs) um and then also like we should not romanticize mental health conditions. So I see a lot of like, there's like a lot of movies, there's a lot of like stories and there's a lot of things on social media that talks about like depression in almost like a a positive way. And by no means do I think it should be stigmatized. Right. But I don't think that's something we should strive to like to idolize. No. Right. Like what we need to do is figure out how to help that individual. Yeah. Right. So we shouldn't romanticize mental health conditions whatsoever. Um, Another thing I know that I think I've done, I'm guilty of doing, is that we often romanticize past relationships. Like if you're, um, you know, like with my first, my high school boyfriend, Mm -hmm. like it took, I I was single after him for like four years. And like I started dating. And every time I would start dating someone and it didn't really work out, I would always think back to that relationship. Yeah, and it might make you miss him. And it would make me miss him. Mm -hmm. But I miss the idea yeah, him and I miss the like the like oh we were so in love we were together for four years he's my high school sweetheart I'm not gonna like, find anybody yeah exactly mm-hmm. so what you do is like you start romanticizing that relationship that was really actually no good for you yeah right and mm-hmm. you start making it better than it actually was mm-hmm. right and so the problem with romanticizing things like that is when we tolerate destructive patterns of others we only cause us to lose ourselves absolutely and you forget your soul's essence yeah, soul's essence. Hashtag. <laughs> I mean, man, I think we covered everything, right? I think so. Yeah. I feel really good about this episode. 
I think there was just uh, one quote uh-huh. that I wanted to end with. Okay, I love it. And it says, you got to start romanticizing your life. You got to start believing that your morning commute is cute and fun, that every cup of coffee is the best you've ever had, that even the smallest and most mundane things are exciting and new. You have to, because that's when you start truly living. That's when you look forward to every day. I love that. That in essence is romanticizing your life. Mm -hmm. And what I love about romanticizing your life is that anyone can apply it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter your background. Nope. It doesn't cost anything. Mm -mm. There's, it's just all inner work and it starts with you. And you can start today. Exactly. Right now. (laughs) All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please share with us any ways that you're going to romanticize your life and hit us up on Instagram. Have a good night.